All right, Yup Nation, as we sign out from our episode today, I just want to give you a quick reminder about Buzzsprout. If you ever thought about starting a podcast, I recommend Buzzsprout. The team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. Buzzsprout helped me get listed on every major platform. So please join over 100,000 podcasts already using Buzzsprout, Buzzsprout to get your message out to the world. Don't forget, click the link and Buzzsprout will pay you a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan. Yup Nation, God bless you and God keep you. And keep listening to Pastor Dan and the Young Upcoming Preachers podcast where we help you develop, discover, and deploy your gift in Jesus Christ. God bless you. Everyone to season two of the Young Upcoming Preachers podcast. It's your host, Pastor Dan. Just hoping that everybody out there is ready to develop, discover, and deploy their gift in Jesus Christ. And a part of that, uh, understanding your gift, I believe that all of us should have some type of mentor in the ministry. Which brings us to our guest today, Pastor Odell Harris from the Strangers Rest Missionary Baptist Church on 25th and Grove in Wichita, Kansas. Let's give him a big round of applause. So welcome, welcome, Pastor Harris. It's a pleasure having you. I must say, from stepping stepping back, that uh, I am—I wouldn't say a fan, but I'm an admirer of your ministry and all the great things that you're doing in this city. So why don't you just uh, tell tell the listeners who you are and tell us a little bit about our, about your background? Once again, thank you for allowing me to be with you on today, Pastor D. Man, I appreciate you, man, for just uh, thinking well enough for me to have me on your podcast. I'm just a, a young man with a dream and a vision, man, for the people of God. I was born in Prescott, Arkansas, a little bitty town in Arkansas, but I was raised in the city of Wichita, my mother's hometown, and uh, uh, matriculated through the Wichita Public Schools, graduated from uh, the Wichita West High School, and went on to Barton Community College, signed a full ride to the University of Alabama in Tuscaloosa, man, and ended up doing ministry schooling at the Fringe University here in Wichita, Kansas. Family man, four kids. Uh, today is actually my 13th wedding anniversary. My okay. wife and I are celebrating 17 years together, but 13 years married. Been through life's vicissitudes, life's ups and downs, but uh, God keeps on allowing us to have great days together and our good outweigh our bad. Amen. So, so tell me a little bit about A Stranger's Rest. Strangers Rest is my home church. It's a church that I was baptized in, married in, and licensed in. So wow. it's been my church that I've been in all my life uh, underneath the pastorate of Pastor Earl L. Burkhalter. I recently stepped down from—I uh, was pastoring two churches for seven years. Wow. One in Ark City, one in Hutchison, and then I had some stuff going on in uh, Wellington, Kansas, where I was also kind of pastoring in a supply role. Um, those churches closed down. Those are AME churches, so uh, during the pandemic, mm. uh, they kind of— closed down. And I went back home as the youth, young adult, and children's pastor. And so, man, I've been back home about three months, mm -hmm. and uh, it's wonderful wow. uh, to be able to operate, man, and uh, back with my mentor. And right. that's why we're here today, actually talking about mentorship. And it's just good to be back at home with those uh, family, familiar faces, and familiar surroundings. Amen. Yeah. So, uh, 
so I'm, I'm glad you, you said that. I'm glad you talked about it. So when I told you about the podcast and the subject matter mm. that we're talking about mm. on the day, what were your thoughts? What what were you thinking about? Uh, we, we live in a time where uh, our young men and women are, uh, they lack mentorship. And we, we know the Bible talks to us about where there's no vision, the people perish. Amen. And, and we're living in those days where we're growing, we're seeing children growing up in fatherless, fatherless homes, man, but also with mothers that have no vision. Mm. And oftentimes I talk to, to, to children about, hey, you know, if, if your dad is not there, your mother's not there, you still have a God on your side. Mm-hmm. And you have to pick a, a point in your life where you find somebody and seek somebody out who loves you and has right. your greater interest in their heart. Amen. So, uh, man, I immediately begin to, th- begin to think about those mentors that I have in my life, past, present, and uh, even future-wise. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay, amen. So, uh, subject matter in the context of uh, uh, young <laughs> upcoming preachers, Absolutely. right? So, uh, young preachers in mentorship. What is what, what does that mean to you? Young preachers in mentorship. Uh, when I think in terms about me, I'm a visual learner, mm-hmm. and also I'm a hands-on learner. Mm-hmm. So, I, um, I believe in a three-step process. You do. We do, and then I do by myself. Amen. You show me how to do it. Mm-hmm. You help me do it. We do it together, and then you push me so I can do it on my own. Wow. And so today, we we lack mentors as far as in the in the ministry. Um, things that I that that I learned even in my home church just by just watching uh, communion service mm-hmm. and how we. We dress the table. Right. Who's able to serve communion and right. talk about baptism and all those things. Things that are um, a process. Right. I learned those processes. Right. And I think sometimes we as as young pastors, we go from calling to pastoring. Right. And know in the middle. Right. And and we wonder why there's so many churches, but then we wonder why there's so many churches closing. Right. So that's, that's awesome that you said that. Now, what's the danger in that? Because uh, let, let, let me just say that I, I just, I truly believe you said it. <laughs> and I believe it, that there's so many churches, mm-hmm. right, and so many churches popping up on every corner, First Street Baptist Church, Second Street Baptist Church, uh, West Side Church of God in Christ, North Side Church of God in Christ, right, or um, whatever they want to call the church, right, um, and then you get uh, We Help You Ministries, right, uh-huh. <laughs> all of those, right, 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 right. right, one step at a time, right, uh, right. Mi- right? so and I truly believe that that happens because people don't want to go through the mm-hmm. process. Absolutely. Talk about that for a second. What have, what have you seen and what have you noticed? Man, we are we, we live in times where you can get any license, any accreditation online. Mm-hmm. And so what you can't earn, you can buy. Right. And that's what people are buying. People are buying licenses. Right. But I had to go through the rigors and the studies of, of being licensed and catechized and ordained. Right. And it didn't just happen overnight. Right. I was in ministry 10 years before I received my official ordination. Wow. I was in discipleship 10 right. years. Right. Not because that was a number put on me. That was that was my pastor watching me matriculate. Right. Watching my spiritual gifts come to play, right. come into fruition, being able to help and watch and nurture and mentor because there's some things that a young pastor, a young minister cannot do. Right. He's not ready yet. Right. He's not ready yet. If we look in the word, every powerful man of God had somebody that he looked up to. Amen. You know, I like Paul and Timothy, man. Right. I, I really do. Right. <laughs> I like how Paul, even when he found himself in an imprisoned state, he encouraged Timothy. He said, don't let him despise your youth, man. Right. Just keep doing what you're supposed to be doing. Right. What he was saying is go through the process. Right. You know, uh, uh, the, the process is not perfect, mm-hmm. but it works. It works. It works. Right. And understanding that process is the same process that Joshua went through, right, with Moses, right? So, so when it was time for Moses to leave— Right. He said, OK, he turned the, the Lord. God turned it over to Joshua. Right. He said, your your servant Moses now is is dead. Now 
go. Right. But in 2022, Joshua got his little following. Joshua would have had. Well, Joshua had his little following. Joshua would have had his YouTube channel. Joshua would have had his podcast and he'd had his pocket of church. 15, 20 people say, OK, we're going over here to start this new church on Mount Sinai. And that's not how the Lord. I, I don't think that's how the Lord designed for us to be. Um, so you talked a little bit about your mentor and that you're back with your mentor. What made your mentor so special for you? And so when I think about Pastor Burkhalter, uh, not only is he a man that's connected, he's intergenerational. Oh, He's a man who can touch uh, from the babies all the way to the elders. Mm-hmm. He's a man who is not only, again, connected here in the city, he's connected nationwide. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's, he's taken upon himself and in his ministry not to only be a black and white minister. Right. He's a minister who believes in all people. Amen. You know, he, he believes in the, the gifts of all people, Amen. the love of all people. And so um, what makes him so special is, is he's palatable. You can touch him. Right, you, you, he's, he's not a standoffish kind of guy. Right. He's a guy who will stand around and answer questions and talk about the word and dialogue with the word. Right. Um, he's a very clean-cut man. And right. I, I believe that we, as the figures of God, those who God has put his spirit in us, I believe we ought to look like it. Right. And he's a man who you can approach him morning, noon, or night, and he looks like God is doing something for him. When I think about the people of God, not about our fancy uh, material possessions, but I just believe we ought to look a certain way. Mm-hmm. We ought to walk a certain way. We ought to talk a certain way. Mm-hmm. God ought to live within us. Amen. And he ought to be seen through us. Amen. And so that's that's why Pastor Burkhalter, uh stands out to me. There's many other pastors that I just love, but... That was my first mentor, and he's still in my life. Amen. And so he had that stick to itness. Now, I'm 35. He's 30 years older than me. But if we can relate, mm. relatability is important for 2022. Amen. Relatability. So, what? So, that's a good question. That's a good point that you bring up. So, what advice um, would you give to a young minister, a young preacher? who is not in that situation, i.e., I am, so personally, me, personally, I am from the streets of Philadelphia. I'm from the hood. I did not grow up in church, and when I got saved, I didn't know too much about church, right? But I, but God was serious to me. And then uh, a few years later, I don't know if it was five, seven years later, I accepted my calling um, under the ministry of Reverend Lincoln Montgomery. However, um, I've been in other churches where there was a disconnect from the young preachers mm-hmm. to the um the older generation um not with my pastor in particular he allowed me to be who I was but there's situations where um there are pastors who are I don't want to say stuck but they are driven in the um and old school is not the word the traditional matters and um I'm not traditional at all and I I don't think I'll ever be traditional how now tradition is good but being traditional I don't think is good. So what advice do you have? Somebody that might be in my situation that I love my pastor. I love my church. I love what my church is doing, but they're very traditional and they're trying to mold me to the traditional way. And I don't relate. Right. So my thing is, uh, number one, stay connected with your pastor as, as not only a man, but as your spiritual advisor. Number two, I would say as a young pastor who is not traditional, I'm not traditional as right, well. Right. And so uh, my thing is I stay in constant communication and saying, hey, listen, this is what I see. This is what God has given me. Because if God has given you something, I don't care who says whatever is said. It's going to come to pass if God gave it to you. Amen. If God really said it to you, mm-hmm. none of his words are ever going to fail. That's one thing God cannot do. And um, 
And so when we find ourselves betwixt the church, between our own calling and our own relationship with God, um, me and tradition, sometimes I fight tradition. I'm not going to lie to you. Mm-hmm. I'm a little bit of a church rebel uh, <laughs> when it comes to tradition right. because I believe that um, you, can, you, can, you can move a sprinkler four times to get the whole yard. You can just put it in the middle and... I just want to see everybody covered with the blood, mm-hmm. mm. and I don't. I, it doesn't matter to me how it happens. Right. I just want it to happen. Amen. And I'm, 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 I'm thankful that I'm around people, and I surround myself with people who believe not only in me but believe in the God in me. Amen. And so, as a young pastor giving advice to another young man, I just say stay connected and stay on your knees. Ooh. Stay on your knees because we live in a time where people have stopped praying. Mm-hmm. You pray when you want something. I pray continually. I pray just because, Lord, I thank you. Mm-hmm. And and prayer is not all the time. I'm on my knees. My eyes are bent. Man, I'm praying in traffic. Lord, they right. cut me off. I want to say something. <laughs> right. But, Lord, will you just bridle my tongue? Amen. Stay connected to it. Stay in your prayer language, right. man. And listen, sometimes it's as simple as, Lord, you know. Mm-hmm. Lord, thou knowest. Right. And you just keep moving. Amen. Yeah. Amen. That's good stuff right there. So um, when we met, we met the first time I met you, we were at um, some type of summer enrichment program that we were trying to do, but it was right around COVID time, so things didn't pop off like it should have. So um, I understand. Um, help help us understand why mentorship and, and young people um, – why ministry is not only in our in our church, but it extends past those four walls and some of the things that you're trying to do. So it has to. So one of my jobs is I work in the Wichita Public Schools as a future-ready advocate mentor. Mm-hmm. So I'm a professional mentor with the Wichita Public Schools, and um, I, I work with a few high schools and I work with a few middle schools. One of my biggest areas that I find success in is home visits because you have to, as a mentor, you need somebody who's going to go beyond the nine to five. You're going to go beyond those four walls because our kids are not dying in church. Mm -hmm. They're not dying in school technically. They're dying in the streets. Mm. So how can our education and and our faith stop inside of a building? Wow. You know, uh, uh, Mark Twain said, I never allowed my schooling to get in, 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 to interfere with my learning. Mm. School is a building a lot of times. People put school and church in a building. Mm-hmm. But our religion, our faith, our, our beliefs have to go beyond those walls. Amen. We have to take Christ where the people won't go. Right. And so many times uh, when we look out into our society, our kids need it. Our young men and women need it. So we got to go there. Right. The reason why mentorship is so important is because we're losing our young men and women every day. Every day. And um, it, it, it pains me. Folks, a lot of folks don't know. I own my own mortuary as well here in the city. Right. We started about nine months ago. And, uh, man, I tell you, one of the hardest things for me to do is continue burying young men. I'm 35. Burying young men and women my age, younger, when they could have used somebody to speak to them and say, hey, man, that's not the way. Right. I've been that way. Right. The Lord spared my life. Now let me help you. Right. And I think sometimes that's the problem. Dr. Miles Monroe said uh, uh, leadership is ineffective if we fail to produce leaders. Mm. Um, God changed my life. Right. He didn't change my personality. Right. I, but in the streets, I was a fighter. I'm still a fighter. But I just fight a different fight. Amen. I'm fighting for the cause of the Lord. I've never been in the army, but I'm in the army of the Lord. Amen. I'm still a soldier. Right. So... Uh, sometimes a mentor is good to change somebody's mindset. Right. Mentorship and mindset. I, I just think about how my mentors have to sh- have helped to shape my my mindset mm-hmm. to help me be a better man. Hey, man, that's that's good stuff right there. So, um, 
for those who are in the ministry and don't feel like they have a mentor, we talked about the advice that you want to give. So I'm going to talk briefly about the relationship between Peter, James, John, and their relationship with Jesus and that model and your thoughts on that. So, you know, the scripture teaches us clearly that there was, you know, you had the multitude, right? And then you had the followers, and then you pared that down, Jesus had 12. And one of them was the devil, we know that. But then really who he hung out with was the three, Peter, James, and John. And then when we read scripture, we see that playing out that Peter writes a significant part of the New Testament. James and John, they also write. So uh, Jesus, even without the word saying it too much, we know that he poured a lot into Peter, James, and John. So talk about your thoughts on that relationship that Jesus played with his mentees um, that we can read from Scripture, Peter, James, and John. So what I like, what I like about the relationship between Jesus, Peter, James, and John. First of all, Jesus picked three normal men. Mm. Peter, a fisherman, right. and then James and John, brothers, the sons of Zebedee, right. known as the sons of thunder. Um, just regular men. And isn't it amazing that when we look at when God is using folks, He uses ordinary. John, John Legend said, "I'm just we just ordinary people." Right, right, right. He uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. Right. And so, as a as a as a, as a mentee of a mentor. A mentor has to be as humble as he can possibly, just to make it plain. Right. And Jesus, Jesus just came as a commoner. Right. He just told him, "Hey, listen, I, I want you guys to. If you come with me, you'll have a better life than you've ever had before. Right. You have eternal life. Right. And so when we think about that basic mentorship model, Jesus said, "Just come follow me." Right. But the thing about a mentor. He has to practice what he preach. Yes. He has to walk it like he talk it. Amen. You know, not only can he say, I believe it, he has to show you through his actions. And that's what Jesus was. Wow. And so if we're looking for a mentor, if we're looking for the the how in-depth mentorship can go, we look no further than Jesus, Peter, James, and John. Right. On how he just walked with them daily. Right. And it also leads me to another thought process where Jesus was with them continually. A mentor has to be available. Mm -hmm. You can't say, hey, man, you're my mentee. I got you. But then when I need you, I can't call you. Right. I, I, I can't get a hold of you when I'm having a bad day. Right. And so mentorship, again, goes beyond those business hours. Wow. Yeah. So wow. Jesus was always available for them. Amen. That's... Through their flaws, through their failures, through their fatigue, wow. through their, their, their feeble thinking at times. Right. Jesus was available. Wow. Yeah. Well, we only have a little bit of time. We don't have a whole bunch of time. Uh, man, that, no, no, no. That was awesome. That was I was, I was about to say... I would. I want to go on longer. Yes, right? <laughs> we're coming to the end, but uh, I just got two last questions for a couple last questions for you. Um, so, last question. It's a million dollar question. I got to ask all my guests, no matter what the subject is, right? right? So, if you had to do it all over again, mm -hmm. when did you accept your calling? Do you remember? Uh, the Lord called my name, man. He called me when I was ten. Mm -hmm. I accepted in twenty oh nine, right okay. after I got married. Okay, all yeah. right. So, from the time twenty oh nine, when mm -hmm. when you accepted your call, no, let's even if you want to talk about when you were ten years old. Mm -hmm. Um, so from the time you accepted your calling mm -hmm. till today, right? If there's anything. That you could have or would have done differently. Is there anything that you would have done differently? I would have yielded sooner. I wouldn't have ran so long. Right. I wouldn't have waited so long because uh, how good God has been to me, man. Mm -hmm. Now the 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 struggles are real. 
You know, uh, it seems as if, man, when when we express to the world what God has done to us on the inside, it mm -hmm. seems as if all hell breaks loose. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean to say that in a derogatory term, but right. it seems like, man, they start coming out the woodworks, right. man. And I'm talking about they, I'm talking about the problems, right. life's vicissitudes, man, but uh, a vicissitude is just a small, uncomfortable change. Right. And we've been dealing with that for a long time. Right. So like my mama say, ain't nothing new, son. Right. Just keep on trusting God. Amen. Yeah. Wow. So you would have, you would have. You went and ran as long. Yes, sir. Right, so you were 10 when the Lord called you. Yes, sir. So, and yes, you sir. got married at what age? I got married when I was 21. 21, so for 11 years. Yes, sir. You heard his call. Oh, my God. And then I ran. <laughs> didn't yeah. do it. Yeah, I didn't do anything with wow. it, man. Wow, yeah. awesome. Well, well, wow, I enjoyed this conversation, Pastor Harris. We got to get back later and, um, and, and have another conversation. Uh, we've talked about it before, and now I know I got to get on it. We're going to have an episode, uh, a panel um, how young is too young? Okay. Uh, so I'll definitely make sure I get you in on that panel. Man, this was a great conversation, Pastor Harris. I truly appreciate you coming out and being on a podcast mm. um, for the Young Upcoming Preachers podcast where we help develop, discover, we help young preachers discover, develop, and deploy their giftings. So if there's people out there that want to get with you, um, how can people get in touch with you to learn more about uh, what you got going on and how you're, you're doing things in the community? So it's very simple. I am... Uh my partner and I, we own the Heavenly Gates Mortuary, downtown Wichita, 615 West Maple. We are there every single day. And uh, my cell phone number, because I have no problem with you calling or texting, 316-409-9831. I have an email address, oharris at usd259.net. Feel free to hit me on any of those avenues, and we will respond to you promptly. Amen. Well, that's all we have for our listeners on today. Young upcoming preachers, you just heard the voice of Pastor Odell Harris of the Stranger's Rest Missionary Baptist Church on 25th and Grove in Wichita, Kansas. Listen, I think he's ready, willing, and able to help young preachers discover, develop, and deploy their gifts. Young upcoming preachers, Pastor Dan is out, and we'll see you later. God bless you all. Thank you.